Welcome to the Heart of the Matter podcast, where we talk about scripture, theology, and anything relating to God in a loving conversation. And where we try to get to the heart of the matter. Welcome to the next edition of the Heart of the Matter podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hellman. And as always, I appreciate you guys watching and viewing. Uh, we got a really special episode today. Uh, we have a guest who uh, we've been wanting to get on for a little while. Um, since he's a pastor, though, scheduling conflicts, he's a really important guy. So <laughs> um, we, are, wow. we are blessed to have him. Um, guy that I kind of got to know a couple years ago, but we'll get into that a little bit later. I just want to say thank you again for watching and listening. We always appreciate that. Again, if you have watched and listened and you felt blessed by this ministry, um, you can always do donate. We have a Venmo and PayPal app uh, that you can donate to on our website, um, which is 12stones.media. Um, and then, you know, we're still working on getting the store up and back loaded for you guys so you can get that merchandise uh, but again we just appreciate it share this link um you know do all the stuff that you need to to, to share it if you've been blessed um and yeah we appreciate you watching uh, so i'm going to introduce my guest uh today's guest is landon huey a pastor landon huey from oasis church how's it going going good going good glad to be here yeah no like i said we uh we've been trying to plan this for a couple months and we've wanted to you're one of the guests that we thought about having on um, since last year. So, you know, uh, I don't think people realize sometimes how much goes into planning sure, shows yeah. and doing all this, even just with the construction of the, the show itself. Um, so we're very thankful. I know pastors are very busy and, and so we're very appreciative of you coming on and, and taking the time out of your day. To well, it's funny. Like every time you'd reach out, like I had something and then I message other dates are like, no, we can't do that. And so, yeah. Hey, I'm glad we're able to do it today though. Yeah. Pretty yeah. cool. I, and I've, I've told them before, like my, my schedule with Nestle and then now keep your schedule with, with work and John's schedule with, you know, he's got a job and stuff like all good things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, conflicts and stuff. So, um, you know, there's other guests that we want to get on and it's just getting, getting that all around too. So, uh, like I said, appreciate you, you Thank coming you. on, but thank you for the, for the invite. So, um, for people who don't know or who, you know, don't know you or maybe haven't known you as in depth if they'd like to know, give us a little background about who Landon is. Where were you born, raised, like a little bit about your testimony? Sure. Well, I was raised a little bit everywhere. My parents were, when I was first born, it was in Arkansas. Okay. So please don't hold that against me. <laughs> Razorbacks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Razorbacks is their NFL team because Arkansas doesn't yeah. have one. And yep. so if you want to get shot real bad, just start, go to Arkansas and start <laughs> talking about Razorbacks in a negative way. They'll come after you. <laughs> um, and so born there and then my parents were, you know, like youth pastors when I was really young. Then they went on the evangelistic field for some years. So mm -hmm. we lived out of a van, traveling youth conferences and speaking at churches and stuff. And then my dad took his first pastorate position and when I was in kindergarten. Okay. And so that was in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. And so I know. And so like my mom <laughs> taught me kindergarten and then I went into regular public school in first grade. Okay. So from first grade to 12th grade, if I ever had bad report cards, I'd be like, mom, you taught me kindergarten, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like, we got started off on the wrong foot here, Bob. Yeah. Like, come on yeah. now. And my parents were pastors there. Uh, and that's where we grew up. And then when I graduated 12th grade, I don't know how in depth we want to talk about like my life, but 
Um, well, we, we've got an hour and we're, we're very uh, mobile with that. So okay. if you got to go at some point, you can just Dude. talk until you need to leave. Hey, I'm just, <laughs> we're good. We can talk about whatever. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, my parents went and started a church in Dallas, Texas. And then I went to a master's commission in Atlanta, Georgia, okay. which aren't really, you don't hear about master's commissions. You know that most of them transitioned into like school ministries with churches. And so I was there for a year. And then I went to Christ for the Nations in Dallas. It's a Gordon Lindsay school. And that's where I met my wife, Kristen uh, Huey. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she's a worship leader. Right? She's the worship leader at our church. And mm-hmm. we actually met because I was on the worship team there at Christ for the Nations. And she was on the worship team. Okay. And so it was hard for me to worship when she was on the team. You know, it's <laughs> like, Lord, yes, let me marry that person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, God worked it out. Um, and so, yeah, after a meeting a year later, we were married. And awesome. so we've been in ministry ever since I worked with my dad uh, as a youth pastor for the first three years. Mm-hmm. And then since then we've worked in different ministries and, um, I want to say for about 15 or 16 years now. And fast forward to last year, we became pastors of Oasis church here in Eau Claire. Yeah. Um, I know just a little bit about like when, when we moved up here to Wisconsin, you know, we attended Gateway for a little bit there when we first came up. And I think, and, and I've said this before, I think you were the person that we really connected with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most there, you know, there were some people we met, really nice people. Sure. Um, but I, I told them um, that basically your heart for ministry, like your heart for people, like shines through. And I think that, um, that that's a big thing that like you can tell from you. Um, and so that, that was kind of always... Um, like a focus of mine in college and stuff is like the, the, I was talking to someone about this the other day at church is like in college, they teach you, well, we gotta, we gotta talk about the word and stuff. That's the most important thing. Like all this postmodern and like games and stuff like that doesn't matter. But then they'd always teach you these games and stuff and how to reach people through that. And I'd always be the guy that's like, okay, but teach me more about the word. Teach me more about like, what does this mean? What does Jesus want us to do? And then how do we operate out of that? You know? Um, and, and so like, that was something that I very much appreciated, you know, going to, you had that group that met at your house and mm-hmm. I think we were watching some Stephen Furtick, yep. um, videos, which I didn't really know Stephen Furtick at the time now, <laughs> like, um, but it, it, the Chatterbox or something yep. it was called. I yeah. remember going through that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, got to have a couple nights at your place, just talking with you about your passions and stuff. And then, uh, then you left. Mm-hmm. to Texas yep. to take a pastor position, right? Well, we I actually left and it was kind of out of our box, but we felt God leading us to start a nonprofit in the Dallas area. Mm-hmm. And so I I felt a transition coming at Gateway at the time. And I had a, every, the beginning of every year, we go into like a Daniel fast for 21 days. Okay. And so I, while I was fasting, I heard the Lord give me three words and it was cities, pioneer and influence. I didn't know what those words meant. That's just what I heard. And so one day, I think it was February. So Chris and I are praying into what does the transition look like? A business guy who has one of the largest electric residential companies in the nation called me. He's out of Dallas. Okay. Huge company down there. The crazy thing about this guy is that at one point he was uh, addicted to crack living underneath a bridge. Man. And he was in a trailer park one night. His wife had left him. They had one kid as a baby. He was desperate and like thinking about ending it all. And he said it was like two o'clock in the morning. Jesus walked into his trailer that he had 
in a white shining light. He got down on mm-hmm. his knees and had an encounter with Jesus. Nobody led him to the Lord. None of that stuff. He gave his life to the Lord. Jesus saved him, set him free. And then fast forward, he like started up this company and started it up just by him and pretty much him and one other worker. And now fast forward, they have, they're like, you know, four or $500 million company have four, you know, 500 employees and they're doing stuff. They're branching off in different States. And so it's just crazy. He goes, Landon, I'm not smart enough to have a company like this. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, my dad was driving him with one day. He said, he said, see that bridge? He said, yeah. And he goes, that's where I used to live. And so I just tell you, like, when God anoints you, you don't necessarily need a degree or mm-hmm. man's approval. You just he's just looking for obedience and then he'll open the rest. So he called me, said, Landon, uh, we're looking to launch a nonprofit that impacts this, the Dallas and the Fort Worth area. And there's 72 cities that make up DFW Metroplex. We want we're looking for somebody to put together a plan. And how do you impact that for God's kingdom. And so he said, we're looking for somebody who's going to impact cities, going to work with influencers across those cities, like mayors, city council members, business owners, pastors, and that's going to pioneer a new work. Mm-hmm. And then, and in that phrase, I heard all three words that God told me during the 21 day fast. Yeah. I was like, okay, Lord, I'm listening. On the flip side, we had always thought our next step was going to be pastoring a church as a lead pastor. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for us to wrap our mind around leading a nonprofit. It was so different because we've always done ministry inside the walls of the church. And I think that was the reason why God pushed us into this nonprofit is because it was 100% outside the walls. Mm-hmm. And so as I began to pray, God began to give me dreams. And I had this one dream one night where I was standing in front of all these photographers, the news was there. And I said, we're excited to launch this nonprofit. And our first focus is kids. And I looked over and I looked at this girl with black hair and I said, she's going to head up the kids initiative. And then I woke up because we were praying like, okay, how do you impact cities? And so the first thing when God led us, you know, down the path is adopting schools in every city. Mm -hmm. And you know, the devil right now is infiltrating schools like nobody's business with, I mean, it's sad to say, like, a lot of it is teaching kids to not believe in God, teaching kids, you know, hey, you know, the, the identity God gave you, um, you know, the doubt, there's other identities out there you can be. And yeah. so God helped us put together this plan where we partnered with churches across the city. We partnered with businesses across the city, faith-based businesses. And we adopted, we started in one city, I think at 12 schools, and we adopted every school in that city. Mm-hmm. And then we just kind of branched mm-hmm. it out. And so that's a way I'd talk to a pastor. Hey, there's 300 families right down the road that you could have influence in and impact. And so pastors are jumping on board. Business owners are jumping on board. And so we did that for about three years. But we did all sorts of things like... You know, we remodeled a lady's house, mm-hmm. a single mom with four kids. And so for Christmas, we had all these crews, like, kind of like a dream home makeover or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We did it in a matter of like four days. We put the mom up in a hotel. I think we sent them to Six Flags and just all sorts of fun things. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about that is that we were partnering with other churches. The churches were working together. Yeah. Which it takes... It takes a pastor with a kingdom mindset to get outside their walls. And that's where 90% of Jesus's ministry was outside the walls of the church. And so I think God's shifting the model of church right now. And that's Mm -hmm. why God took me outside the walls is listen, the harvest is outside, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're laborers. 
you know? And so that means we've got to go to where the harvest is if we're going to be laborers. Mm -hmm. And a laborer isn't a job where we sit back and pray and God does all the work. A laborer is somebody who like, it's labor. Just look at the word labor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's work in and of itself. And so I even think with that word, you know, labor pains, you know, you think about the pains that it takes to have a child, you know, talk to any woman who's had a child, how how painful that can be. So, and that's kind of the, the, the word that comes to my mind is like, you know, that's a hard work is, you know, especially good work, work for God. Um, you know, sometimes it's something you don't want to go through, but that's going to come out with a blessing at the end. Absolutely. Blessing you're birthing for something new. Yes. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's the difference. I think that's the difference between a normal believer and a laborer, a normal, and I'm not saying this, but a lot of people with ministries, they want to borrow something. Mm -hmm. What's successful, what's popular, let's borrow it. And then plant it into our church or our ministry, a laborer births something. And when you mm. borrow something, you have to give it back. When you burst something, it's yours. Mm. And that's, that's what I see is like, if we really want to make a difference, we have to labor in prayer. We have to labor in faithfulness. We have to labor yeah. in obedience. We have to take steps of faith. That's very uncomfortable, but that's where God moves. Yeah. And even with this media ministry you guys have, you're taking steps of faith and you're putting in the time when there's zero money. <laughs> and honestly, it's actually costing you guys stuff, yeah. but there's a bigger vision that you're laboring after. Mm-hmm. And because you're laboring after and you're, you're paying the price when everybody else is sleeping and just living their life, you guys are hustling and following after the vision. God's going to bless that. Yeah. What's sleep? <laughs> yeah, Kiefer's got two jobs and I don't, I don't know if he even got sleep last night. <laughs> I got two kids and yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it, and, and that's crazy that you say that. Cause you know, that's even on my mind is like, I think Satan tries to attack and say like, you know, oh, you're just doing something other people are doing and they're very good at it. They've got money, they've got all this stuff, but it's like, you know, when you're facing a battle of giants, you know, and you've got one rock and a sling, like it's how accurate God is with that rock. You You're know, right. you just let the, the rock flow and God will direct it where it needs yes. to go. And so like, that's what I'm trying to do is like, I, again, I, I know I joked earlier about, I always go back to Moses with, with God and this imagery where he says like, but my tongue, God, I can't do it. Like, I know that you're telling me to go do this. The God who created everything, who's yep. all powerful, all knowing and can do anything he wants to. You've just set this bush on fire that's not being consumed. But I'm going to tell you that I can't do it because of my tongue and mm. not realize that the power of God is being invested in you to go out yep. and do it. And so, like, I have to constantly renew my mind because of that. And I know I've been under heavy mental spiritual attack like the last couple of years with, you know, personal issues that I've chosen that, you know, not step forward in, in my life with Christ and stuff. But, you know, Satan likes to attack people who yes, are going to do that. Um, and my wife went to a woman's group last night and she actually got some words for me and her that were very helpful. Um, and so it's like, God just reminds me that even when I mess up, like he doesn't. Yeah. And it's not about my work, even though I'm a co-laborer, it's about obeying, like you said, the work and the guidance he gives us. Because yep. it's through his power that it's done. It's through our obedience we let the work of God 
you know, that's the picture of creation. Let us make man in our image. He's talking to the divine council there, mm -hmm. the angels. He's not saying I'm going to make him after your image. God's going to do the work. He just wants to know if we're going to be a part of that. Amen to that. And Satan said no. But the divine council said yes, of yeah. course. So we can get jealous. We can get prideful and say, no, God, I want to do my own thing. Well, then you're going to fall like lightning into the pit of hell. <laughs> like, no. uh, mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, it, that's what we're trying to do is like we just see that there's a big need for good content out there. And we know that there are Christian people coming out of college with the talent like Kiefer with video making, audio editing, um, who are producers, who are writers, who yep. are musicians that have a heart for God, that are on fire for God. And then they go to Hollywood and that gets tempered very quickly mm -hmm. and it gets beat out of them and they become a new person and find themselves. Well, you can find yourself all you want. I want to find Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'll tell me who I am. Yep. Um, and so that's what we're trying to do. We want, a, and, and that's our vision is we want good godly content created by people who are kingdom mindset. Amen. You know, and like God's always given me big visions and this is the first one I've really taken a step of faith out in. Um, but yeah, you've getting back to you. I know like in Texas, like I've even seen people that I think that you've been connected with. There's like a 19 ministry or a 21 ministry. Yeah. It was, um, uh, yeah, the nonprofit name was 19 ministry, yeah, 19 ministry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I saw a story where you guys, one of the impacts you did that I kind of wanted to do taking over men's group for my church was to go out and to a laundromat and pay for people's laundry and yep. just pray with them. Yep. Like that, that was something where my mind started spinning and saying, wow, that's something that's really cool and impactful. I'd like to see that implemented into something that, you know, we're doing at church. Absolutely. Like, so how can we do that? I've seen churches that do oil changes and I'm actually in the process right now of church um, with a guy who used to do that with a, a different church. And we're going to try to do a, an oil change for the city, basically free oil changes. Awesome. Um, which is something I'll talk to you about later. But uh, anyway, so yeah, like continue on with that. So you're in Texas, you're, you're running this nonprofit, you're, you're going after the kids' hearts for Jesus, and now you're, you're helping families out. What, it, was there other cool things that were birthed out of that? Man, there's so many like supernatural, like this is a God thing that happened. But I want to go back to one thing you said earlier, and this phrase came to mind. God never called us to build things that were big and successful. He just called us to be good and faithful. Hmm. And if we'll be good and faithful, his supernatural will come in yeah. and— He's the one that builds the house. He's the one that builds the ministry. And uh, yeah. I really believe that there's an acceleration that's going to come upon this ministry in the near future. And what I heard the Lord tell me earlier in prayer last week is I'm going to start blowing on ministries and passions and visions. And it's going to be so supernatural. God get, gets all the glory. They're going to say, awesome. hey, what was the prototype that got you here? And you're going to say, I wish there was one. It was just the Lord. <laughs> yeah. yep. Like he yep. gets all the glory for it. I can't get, I can't tell you. It's just like all him. And so, but yeah, going back to Texas, we, uh, did the laundromat was really cool. Um, we did a citywide, uh, week called, um, love my city week. Yep. And so we did that and we partnered with like the mayor and the state representatives and we did a big celebration downtown in mm -hmm. the city. Is that and in Rowlett. In Rowlett, yeah. yeah. Yep. And we were the first nonprofit to rent the whole downtown space. And so we gave away free 
barbecue sandwiches awesome. and it was just a it was just a really cool week a lot of unity was built amongst the community um one crazy thing is i was trying to get a hold of our mayor when i first got into town because mm-hmm. i knew i was supposed to work her name was tammy I knew God wanted me to work with her. So I reached out, emailed her, you know, left messages, couldn't get a hold of her. And she's probably thinking, like, who's this guy? Yeah. You know, yeah. she's busy. She's the mayor of the city. And I, one morning I was just praying and I said, God, will you just somehow connect me to the mayor? Just put my name on her heart. I prayed that around nine o'clock that morning. Well, around 10, 1030, I get a phone call from a number I didn't know who it was. And I answer the phone. She says, hey, Landon, this is Mayor Tammy. She goes, Mm -hmm. I know you reached out to me. And this morning, your name has been on my heart all morning long. Are we supposed to talk about something today? That's crazy. That was her words. And I said, yeah. I said, actually, I've been praying that we'd be connected soon. And so we set up um, a lunch. And out of that, one thing we did that was really cool is there's about 800 city employees there in the city of Rolette. And so we partnered with a restaurant and we gave free meals to all city employees that week. So yeah, we sat awesome. down with the mayor and city council members. So that's firefighters, parks and rec, police officers, mm-hmm. all that. And that was just our way of local churches saying, hey, we love you. Thank you for what you're doing with our city. So yeah. our heart with the nonprofit was to stay incognito and invisible partnering with local churches so they could be the heroes. So Hmm. we would do all the work behind the scenes, but the pastor of the church that we partner with and the pastors, they're the ones that got influenced. So because we created this church network, there was a guy that was running for the school, I think the school district as the superintendent. He said, Landon, I know you're connected to all the pastors. Can we meet? Because I know there's a lot of influences with our churches and I'd love to have the backing of, you yeah. know, running for this. So I sat down and met with this guy and I said, you know, I said, Hey, like I first, I'd like to get to know you, you know? And I said, if you take get this position, I said, are you going to give God all the glory? Cause superintendents over school districts, they have a lot. I mean, there's a, they're setting policies that's really impacting kids, yeah. thousands of kids. Yeah. And the school district that we were talking about was, I think one of the largest school districts in Texas. And he was going to wanted to be the president over it. Mm-hmm. I said, are you going to give all the glory? And are you going to stand against certain demonic agendas that's being pushed in? And he goes, absolutely, because that's what I've been doing this whole time. And so I started meeting with mm-hmm. him, talking to him about Jesus. One day he calls me. He said, Lennon, um, I went to this one church because he's going to different churches on Sundays. And he goes, dude, I went to this one church. It's all Hispanic. I didn't understand anything they're saying. But at some point, this pastor's wife comes over and she starts speaking in tongues over me. And then she prophesies. And then I start shaking. And then my wife starts shaking. And then I'm crying. And he goes, dude, what happened today? <laughs> I said, man, that was the Holy Spirit. And that was the Lord working in you. And this is a su- district you know, yeah, superintendent yeah. over. And so it's cool because like when you say yes, God will give you influence with influencers and his Mm. power begins to work. And that's the mindset is we think God only works inside Sundays during our service times. It's a lie. That's a great plan of the enemy. Yeah. Keep us boxed in. in. Just like I've been saying recently, like the most racist day of the week is Sundays because Mm. churches are casting curses on churches. Mm. Think of the division that's happening. And and God's, his heart cry is unity, unity. I believe the next revival that's going to hit Wisconsin is going to become because pastors are humble and unified. Yeah. I I have noticed that I will say that that's one of the things that we love about Pastor Kim is, you know, like 
there, there's just a heart cry between him and, and like I said you earlier of just wanting to get outside the walls and and really reaching people whether he knows it, you know anyone knows how to do that or not or how we go about that trying to figure out ways to reach the community and really trying to instill that in us and I think that's uh, the heart cry that I see coming from Oasis and that's the heart cry I see coming from Harvest Time and, and I know God has positioned me and my wife there for a reason yeah and you know little little bits of that have come out what exactly that's going to be I don't know um, but I, I love both of your guys' hearts and I think even a lot of the people who are there um, you know sometimes it's hard because we, we do like to blend politics and religion that's a big thing in America and it's it's like you know how how do we do that? But we keep Christ center, right? That's the big thing. Cause we can fight for good for the wrong reasons yeah. and fall into to bad things. So we got to remember that as we're doing it, if you are in a position, whatever position you are in, whether it is cleaning up the elephant poop at the end of the carnival line, or whether you're the ringmaster, like do it for Jesus, whatever you do, do it for Jesus. And that's something that has been on my heart because I feel like the last, like, 10 years since I've been out of college, I've had a lot of jobs that to me are menial that I don't want to do. And that like, you know, I've broken down and cried it. Cause I've just been like, God, this is not me. Yeah. Like, I know you have something for me in ministry and coming around that realization that, yeah, but this is my fire. You know, this is a time of refining. And I think pastor Kim has talked about that, like get the impurities out, you know, and let God work in you. And if you can't do ministry here, in the, in the worst of it, how are you going to do ministry in the best of it? You know, like, Mm -hmm. so, um, where, wherever you guys are at, make sure that your heart is centered on Christ and working towards whatever Christ wants in your life. Cause like you said, it's, it's God will do the work. He's just waiting for us to be obedient a lot of times. And and if we're not obedient, like he'll find a way to get it done. You're right. So you're right. Um, so yeah, I want to be a part of that. Amen. I don't want to be passed by. I don't want you know, it's, it's not about my legacy either. When I was younger, I thought, Oh, I want to leave a legacy. That's such a worldly thing. No, I want God's kingdom to be bigger. Yeah. Like, so whether my name's out there or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's cool on the human level, but who cares? I don't care. Like at the end of the day, it's all about Jesus's name. Amen. Yeshua. I know we share the same name, but, (laughs) (laughs) but like, uh, but seriously, Jesus is like, that's the focus, right? Like, and we got to, we got, I think to unify, that's what we have to understand in churches. We got so many people calling each other heretics. Uh, and like I was talking to you beforehand, I would have called myself a heretic two years ago. And it's like, we just have to get in the mindset of like, what is the essentials of Christianity that God preached the gospel? You know, Paul talked about, I know nothing except the gospel and preach that the simplicity of the gospel. And so many times we get on tangents about, well, you can't play cards. Well, you're worshiping on the wrong day instead of the, well, I am worshiping God and I am a, you know, part of God and, oh, you can't do that. You can't heal. You can't do that. You know, and it's like, man, like, let's just get back to the word. Let's get back to what God said. Like, let's, let's let God do the work and let's come alongside God because that's how we're going to unify. Yeah. Come alongside what God's doing. I'm not going to force what I'm doing and hope God, you know, blesses it. Yeah. You know, so that, and that's hard. That means we got to do what you were talking about labor, which, you know, we talked about this a couple of times is we got to get along alone with God. That's our first and foremost. We got to get along with our first love. 
and we have to spend the time in our marriage with God. Yep. Uh, and out of that can be birth the productivity of what God wants to do. So, and you know, yeah. Amen. Amen. I think every, everything, like all the creative ideas that we have, God gives me in prayer. Mm. I just spend time with him. He'll tell me what to do. And then we do it. And so a lot of times they're looking at the next conference, nothing wrong with that. You know, mm. like the next prophetic word and all that stuff. I think just personal prayer is really a key with that. I was yeah. going to say something you said about politics earlier. I'm not against church and politics. I'm against politics and church. Yeah. Yep. And that's the way it was supposed to be from the beginning is that the, the world wants to come in, shut down church. We saw that not too long ago. Yep. Wants to tell you what you can preach and what you can't preach. There's certain verses in the Bible, pastors, you can't preach because that's hate speech. Yep. You know, and there's even pastors right now being thrown in prison, especially in Canada, because they're preaching the word of the Lord. And so I think church needs to have influence and a say on um, who's running. Um, And so some people get it confused. They, mm-hmm. they get it to where, you know, well, the church doesn't need to say anything about politics. Well, that's a yep. lie. No, the church has a voice. Look at Jesus. You know, you're talking about like the vision of the church and like, you know, well, God doesn't heal on a certain day or you can't do this. It's the same spirit that Jesus came up against. Mm-hmm. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, the exact same spirit. The spirit that killed Jesus is the same spirit that's dividing the church today. Yeah. And um, I think that like, what I see happening is God's opening up people's eyes to seeing the gospel in color. It's like you've watched TV your whole life in black and white. But when mm-hmm. you see somebody that was sick and they're supernaturally healed or somebody who was bound and they're delivered from a demon, you know, or when you see supernatural things happen, like people shaking under the power of God, mm-hmm. it takes it from black and white to full color. Yeah. And it's the true gospel yeah. in power. Um, I don't believe in a powerless gospel. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, no. And, and again, I, I agree with what you said about politics. Um, I, I, I just feel like in culture and so many things, we just get on one side or the other side. Oh, sure. And, you know, I, I get where both sides come from. Yeah. It's just we end up in our logic in very bad spots. So t- sometimes... You know, the left can be right that a lot of churches will promote Trump and stuff so much. And it's like, hey, listen, I loved his policies, too. Like, I will vote for him again if he's up on the ballot. And I will talk to people about that. Like, we have the right, like you said, to fight. We're supposed to go forth and fight for the things of God. Whether they come through Trump, whether they come through Ted Cruz, whether they come through Pelosi, which I haven't seen a lot of that. That, <laughs> but, would, that would be a miracle. Yeah, yeah. But that's what we pray for, right, is the transformation. <laughs> so we, we still pray for Biden. We still pray for Pelosi. We still pray for those guys. Um, but, like, we can have a say. We just got to remember that our heart has to be God first. Oh, absolutely. You know, like our kingdom is in God's kingdom. And so that's kind of, you know, more of what I was alluding to is like, you know, we're absolutely fine if someone wants to be a mayor. But like you said, with that guy who's a superintendent over the schools, you got to make sure when you go in, you're going into a, a, a den of hornets or a den of wolves, a, a, a nest of hornets. And like, you got to be ready to be the one that stands up for that. And guess what? That's our call at our work and our jobs. Yep. You know, and I know that God has put that on my heart at Nestle. And, you know, I feel like I, I'm I'm lacking in that a lot. Um 
but I've prayed for revival to happen at Nestle and God's actually revealed um, people who are Christian, who I didn't know were Christian or people who are starting to think about God and stuff. Um, like a coworker of mine that I work side by side with showed up to my church the other day. I didn't, I don't know if he's Christian or not. I don't awesome. know what his beliefs are. And I got to talk to him a little bit at church and everything. And I've talked to people at, at work about different things. Um, but like, I know that I need to live out the spirit too. You know, I need to live in the spirit at work. And that's where my struggle is, is sure. like, I don't want to be just the, the, the tongue that flaps and praises God, but yet it has no fruit, you yeah. know? So, um, you know, that, that's, that's what we're talking about is in politics, we got to be still focused on Christ first. Sure. And then through that, we can be empowered by the spirit to go out and preach, you know, well, why am I against homosexuality? It's because the Bible says it. My God says that this is evil and you are mixing your identities up. Like you said earlier, that is completely demonic. We wouldn't, we would say the same thing about mental health issues, right? Mm -hmm. Schizophrenia is not a good thing. That doesn't mean we, we lambast the person for it, but we, we attack the idea. We attack the, the, the sentiment that somehow God has, is a bad creator, uh, that somehow God like ordained you to be something other than what he created you as yeah like that that's not true you know there's mm -hmm. a reason why you were birthed the way you were yep and you know who you are is coming to terms with how you were born and, and for some people they're they're crippled you know when they're yep. born but to god's glory even more because one day that'll be healed whether this side of heaven or the next side yep and, and God has a purpose and a plan for your life. Like Nick Vuc uh, Vucic, I think it is, the, the limbless preacher, as he mm -hmm. calls himself. Oh, yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who has the spirit of God in him. I mean, a guy who could be a drug addict, killed himself because of all the hardships. And I'm sure he has those days. Yeah. But he goes out there and chooses every day to live his life for God and speak the gospel and, and put a spirit of God out in the world. Yep. And like, that's our choice every day. Today, my family will worship who? God. Yep. So we got to be like Joshua in that. We got to go out and we got to go out to the battlefield and know God has already conquered that for us. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's that, that's kind of more of Come like, on, where man. I was going with that. You know, okay. like absolutely. So if you're in politics, go out and conquer. Just no, absolutely. Jesus out, as the banner out yeah. in front. And yeah. I heard a pastor say this and I resonated with it since he said it. He goes, I don't follow a party. I follow Jesus. Amen. And I vote for the par party that's following me. So as I'm following Jesus, whoever's values line up the most with, you know, the biblical, mm -hmm. you know, like what the Bible says, that's who I'm going to lean towards. And yeah. so that way, you know, like, hey, I haven't sold my soul to any party. My soul goes to Jesus. Amen. You know, my life goes to Jesus. And so that was kind of yeah. a cool, I'm like, never heard that before. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I had a discussion with... Uh, a friend the other day about voting and he was like, I just feel my, my votes useless. I don't even know if I should go vote. He's like the two people or, you know, that were on the last ticket were evil. And I was like, well, tell you this as someone who didn't vote in the 2016 election, I said, because of that, I, I voted for morals and I saw that both people were immoral, so I couldn't vote. So I wrote someone in that I thought was moral, but then it got me thinking like through Trump's presidency, his policies were good for the country and they were more biblical than a lot of the past presidents that yeah. we've had. Well, you can talk about the guy all you want, how dirty he was and, and how immoral. But if both are bad and we're talking about policies like those policies, God used that guy 
to put policies that were, you know, benefited Christianity a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I looked at it that way and and I started to have to look through the lens of like with the story of Jonah, right? God used these men who did not believe in the Hebrew God to cast lots, which weren't like biblical lots to tell them to do something. So God can use whatever he wants yep. as a way to promote his gospel. And so he'll take something bad and he'll turn it good and he'll take curses and they'll turn them into blessings. Are we willing to repent and allow that? Cause we want to, again, cast stones right away, whether we believe in God or not, we want to cast stones. And so it's like, we, we've got to get to that point where where's that grace coming? Where's that grace coming? Mm-hmm. The left talks about grace all the time, but they're not willing to, to give it a lot. I think they actually just came out with a study that they wanted to see conservative and liberal who actually were more religious about their um, beliefs, like they would hunker down more. And they said that they found out that the left was by far way more unwilling to compromise hmm. and to be willing to discuss things um, than conservatives. And and you can kind of see that because I think what we were talking about before is like not being afraid to speak out about stuff that can happen with churches because we want to be the loving, peaceful people, the meek kind of people, but we don't want to be the lion a lot of times. We don't want to be the guy that seems mad because sometimes we come off as racist or xenophobic and stuff and just five more minutes of explaining what you really mean and you'd be like, oh, okay, I know what you mean. That, That actually doesn't sound that bad. Yeah. You know. Well, there's a lot of believers that don't wear their armor because they're not saying anything that's making the devil mad. Yeah. And so let's let's preach messages that are going to tickle people's ears, not change people's hearts. Mm. And and it's all about how you say it too. You know, I'm not against like a megaphone on a corner, like you're going to hell straight to you know. Like mm-hmm. I think there's a better way. I think the Bible yeah. says is the love that's going to the kindness going to draw men to repentance. Mm-hmm. And so I think as we love people, like, man, Jesus, the Holy Spirit has a way of getting a hold of people's hearts. Um, and so, but I think still you can preach truth and love. Yeah, amen. And and it might offend their mind, but it might heal their heart and go, man, like something's changing. Like I know what they're saying. I don't believe in, but it feels right in my heart. And the Holy spirit will begin to work on people and change their hearts and change the way, because a lot of times scales need to fall off their eyes. Yep. And that's why we talk about people in the world. They're lost. Well, if you're lost, you don't know where you're going. And that's why Jesus is called the way because he knows exactly where you're supposed to go. And so lost people need a way. Jesus is the way. Mm -hmm. And as we preach the good news, you know, it should be just that. Good news. This isn't a message of condemnation. This is a message that could change your life. This is what you've been yeah. looking for. And, um, and so that's, I always like to preach up to people, not preach down to them. And mm-hmm. I always want to leave people feeling encouraged. And if they do that's feel good. condemned, I pray it's because of the Holy Spirit, not because of the way I'm coming across. But God has pushed me out of my comfort zone. Like, hey, I want you to address things that are happening in the schools. You know, I want you to address things that are happening across the nation and I'm addressing, I'm going to say, God, I'll address it, but I pray your anointings on it, Amen. you know? And so, but yeah, you look at Jesus, there was times he said things that like he about got stoned, like many times they're trying mm-hmm. to throw him off of a cliff and they wind up did killing him is all part of God's plan. Yeah. But that just goes to show like, Hey, if they did it to Jesus, you know, I heard somebody say, you're either running with the devil or running against him. 
Mm-hmm. And so sometimes going through warfare is a sign that you're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard though, too, because like our focus, you know, can always be on like the actual attack that's coming. And that I feel that's something that God has placed in my head. Like I'll get into these uh, battles where I just feel lost and I'm like, yeah. like, like yesterday I struggled and like, I was just like, you know, on the way over here, I was like, God, you know, whatever, I'm not going to let my, my mess ups mess, whatever you have planned yeah. up. And I said, I know I can't like, that's the whole point, you know? And so I, and I was talking to these guys in men's group that grace is like, it's such an amazing thing, but for a lot of people, it's such a hard concept. It really is. It's, it's a simple thing, but it's such a hard concept Yeah. because we're taught from this world that like you have to earn it. And, and there's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing to want to, to work, you know, that's a godly thing, um, to earn your keep and to, um, show that you're putting forth effort, right? That's a biblical thing. But when we make it bad is when we put the focus all on ourselves and we say like, my power is greater than the cross, right? Like the grace of God isn't sufficient enough for the things that I've done. I'm more powerful than God's forgiveness for his, for his salvation, And so when we look at it that way, it's like, man, God, I can't do that either. Like, so God has put that in my head that like, you know, just because you messed up doesn't mean my grace isn't sufficient. Like, and he's been teaching me that a lot the last couple of years. Like, even if, even if you go on intently, right. Paul was saying like, I do things I don't, I know I shouldn't, but I also don't do the things that I know I should. And so here you have a a very spirit filled man of God who's Mm. healing people with the shadows and handkerchiefs. And yet he still struggles, but this man was obedient and still was led by God yeah. and spirit. So we have to get to that mindset where Satan likes to say, well, you're not saved or you don't have the power to do this or God couldn't use you. And it's such a satanic thought because God can use every single person oh, absolutely. in the church, mm-hmm. but we're so focused on what color the carpet is instead of the homeless man outside on the corner <laughs> begging for change, you know, like, yep. so that's that's what we need to get to and whatever that means if you don't feel comfortable giving him change but you feel comfortable giving the homeless shelter change give it to the homeless shelter god put that on your heart for a reason Uh, we need to come together we need to find people's strengths and we need to use that for the kingdom amen so that's kind of how i look at it even like with cessationists of past like i look at john MacArthur and i say he's an ally in christianity he's a smart guy do I think he needs to let the spirit flow a little bit more? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have said that two years ago, but he is he is a very smart guy and he can be you and he's being used of God. I mean, he's getting people saved, but there's times where it's like, man, there are gifts, John. There are gifts. Let it let it go. Same with John Piper. You know, those guys. I love those guys. Those are brothers in Christ. They have different gifts, but we got to come together and we got to find a way where like, you know, Francis Chan, he went through, we've talked about him. Oh yeah. He was under John MacArthur and now he's like, man, I'm, I'm healing everyone I touch. Like I'm, I'm speaking in tongues. Yep. So that's where I'm at. You yeah. know, like I haven't, I don't feel I've really spoken tongues yet. Like I don't want to force it. If God wants me to speak in tongues, he'll, he'll have me speak in tongues. I've gotten gifts of prophecy, words of wisdom, like not every day, not every second. It doesn't happen like that. But, uh, you know, he gives me revelation and stuff, and this is all like newer to me still. Sure. The last like five, six years, and trying to figure out how to operate in that. Now I'm in a church setting, 
you know, meeting people that are operating in that, getting to see how they operate. Yeah. My wife just had some stuff last night at that prayer meeting that she's never dealt with before. Um, and she had confirmation of that from two other people. So mm. that was like really cool. Um, so I'm just praying for her to keep doing the the women's ministry. But yeah, we need we need the power of the church, which comes from God. Yep. You know, we need to come together, like you said. And uh, but going back to your story, so you, you were in Texas for about a year or two? We were there for three years. Three years. Three years. Three years and yeah. it went by so fast. And the nonprofit's still going. Um, it's still growing. We're just honored to help build the foundation for that thing to grow on. Yeah. And then God began to call us back up. We had more of a passion for Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And God just put this heart in us to see revival break out across the state. Yeah. And so that's, you know, we've been here a little over a year now. Um, last August makes a year. So a year and a couple months so far. Yeah. And, uh, just what's happened within the past year is kind of like very humbling. It's exciting to see everything God's doing. I know we've, uh, in men's group, we've had a guy that he had a prophecy of, or a vision of fiery arrows landing on different parts of the world. And one of them was in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And, and I know that there's been multiple prophecies that I've heard about revival starting in different places. and, And this being a place we really tried to be, I know Harvest Time has really prayed into that, like over this past couple of years, men's group, we're we're really trying to pray for that. But we also have the understanding that we are revival, right? We carry the spirit of God into the communities. So it starts with us. Yeah. You know, like God will revive, but like we're saying, we got to come alongside him. So I'd love to see stuff like that happen in here. I'd love to see people come around and champion school districts. I'd love to see people... um, you know, make sandwiches for homeless people and, or whoever, and just start, you know, feeding the community. Hey, free sandwich here. Can we pray with you? Yeah. Um, man, I'd love to get people even commenting on this video. If they have great ideas, you know, let's, let's do it. Yeah. Um, I think that prayer night happened last year, uh, that you were a part of just because somebody had an idea to have like a whole prayer night, you know, and, and brought that together. Um, that was Dennis's mom. Awesome. Okay. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I'd love to see some of what, what you're talking about happening in Texas like that. Why can't that happen here? Well, it can. And like, uh, I think that, you know, God can't steer a parked car. And a lot of times we mm-hmm. want to pray for the glory to fall. And the truth is the matter is we already have God's presence. He's just waiting for us to move. And mm-hmm. so like, that's kind of like the feeling that I, I feel like God spoken to me many times is to put in my running shoes. And then Joshua talks about God spoke to Joshua, every place you put your foot, I'll give you. And so we're waiting for God to like package up revival and hand it to us. And he goes, no, you're a laborer. Go run after the lost. And so that's kind of what something God's placed in my heart for this year in this past. Like we've done Hope Nights this year. And our last one, we did it in Stanley, Wisconsin. And Mm -hmm. we rented out a... uh, movie theater, the historic movie theater has 237 seats. And we partnered with three other churches in the Stanley area. Nice. And over 400 people showed up to this movie theater. Mm-hmm. We laid hands on over 200 people. People were getting saved, healed. I don't know how many people got healed. It was a lot like delivered. That's One lady awesome. I was praying over, God was setting her free and like revival broke out in this down historic movie theater. And so we're looking at, I, my heart is I don't want to do another hope night without another local church partnering with us. 
And I want to do Hope Nights as we go into these cities with pastors that have a heart for revival. So as people get saved, they have a church they can go to. So we see God's kingdom grow. Because the truth of the matter is when one church grows, the kingdom grows. And that's a win for everybody, you know. And so that's something I see happening. Like, what do you say? Like, what does revival look like? Moving into this next year, God spoke to me this 2023 is going to be the year of the evangelist. Mm. Well, God raises us up, sends us out to reach cities. And so I'm praying into God, what cities do you want us to go into? And I'm even praying into what if we did a hope night every month next year and Mm. we impacted um, 12 cities? I'm going to say something else real quick. A vision I had the other night when I was in prayer at one of our services. I think it was Saturday night. I was laying on the floor and my eyes were closed and I saw myself in the backseat of a car and I was looking through the window of the back seat, and I saw power lines. We were driving, you know how roads, they have power lines, mm-hmm. and I saw them. And I noticed I was in the back seat, so I, saw, I was wondering, who's driving the car? And I looked up, and it was Jesus driving the car. And then I heard the Lord say, say, Lana, who's sitting next to you? And I looked to my left, and it was my friend Andrew. And he's the guy that we just had in this yeah. past weekend. And so I heard the Lord say, ask Andrew where we're going. So I looked at Andrew, I said, where are we going? And Andrew said, we're going to spread the fire. And I said, okay. And then I looked back up at Jesus and it was like a muscle car we were riding in and he had his hands on the shifter and he goes, fellas, hold on. It's about to get crazy. And then he shifted down and then I came out of the vision. Wow. And so what I see God doing is Jesus is wanting to put a fire in his church and then send us out the same fire that fell in the upper room and send mm. us out. There is no revival without the fire of the Holy Spirit. Reinhard mm-hmm. Bonnke is somebody I've been listening to recently. I'm sure you probably heard of Reinhardt before. Oh, yeah. He's all about the fire of the Holy Spirit. He's led over 77 million people to the Lord. He would be in conferences or crusades and he'd say, release the fire and like, sections, entire sections of the outdoor to fall underneath the power of God Mm -hmm. and just God would move like eyes open, all sorts of stuff. And so we've been really zeroing in on moves of God, people that flowed in that evangelistic -hmm. evangelistic gift, Um, people like Mario Murillo, um, Mm -hmm. you know, even like looking into past revivals like Brownsville, Azusa, we did a deep Mm -hmm. study into that, Toronto. Um, And I think the more that we learn, the more we realize, man, God's really ready to move. It's like, yeah. we think he, we're waiting on him. No, he's waiting on us. Yeah. And yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to take steps of faith. You're going to have to rent buildings and trust for the finances. You're going to have to go places and trust that God will move. Oh, here's the rest of that vision I forgot to tell. So I, I um, actually, I didn't sell the whole thing. Jesus <laughs> drove this muscle car with me and Andrew into Lambeau Field. Mm. There's a stadium set up on Lambeau Field and there's people there and it was a Holy Ghost meeting in the stadium. Mm. And the next thing I know, me and Andrew are laying hands on Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers goes out underneath the power of God. Awesome. And then I saw people that were bound falling into baptism takes and coming back up completely set free. And that's cool. That was the end of the vision. And so and I I heard the phrase while I was in Lambeau Field, I heard the Lord say, dream bigger. Dream bigger. And it was like God's breath blowing upon the, a wildfire that spreads. And that's the word. If anybody's watching, whatever God has on your heart, I want to encourage you dream bigger. Like I pro- I'm prophesied right now, this is a lot bigger than you think it is. Mm. God's going to use it. Dream bigger. And as you dream, 
God will go to work. He'll send angels to work on our behalf. He'll connect you with the right people, with equipment that takes it to the next level. Yeah. And then he gets all the glory from it. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's a thing that, like, we have to re- renew our dreams, too, because, again, the, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? He likes to steal our joy, and we got we to gotta keep that joy in the right place. It's yeah. not from us. It's not from Satan. It's not from someone else. It's not from my spouse. It's not from any of that. It's from it's from Jesus and the salvation that he provides. Um, and man, God has a big imagination. Yes, he does. <laughs> I mean, he created the heavens and the earth. Um, but yeah, um, <clears throat> it's cool that you guys are going through the revival stories and stuff. I know uh, on Wednesday nights at Harvest Time, they have a um, prayer group and we've been doing the same thing. Pastor Kim thinks it's really important to kind of know the history of our country and where like Christianity has come from. Absolutely. And like, you know, talking about politics, like our country is founded in that stuff in in Judeo Christian morals and principles. Like our constitution is put together by these pastors who were praying to God and had like, you know, like the Senate and the house of representatives was like, pastors that came up with that idea Mm. and they were praying about that. And, you know, he, so we've been doing this for like the past, like two years now and we're, we're getting to Azusa and and stuff, but I think they got to it and he's been jumping back, but he, he has so much stuff that he talks about like George Whitfield and all these original pastors who, yeah, they had their issues, but they were also people who moved with God. And he talked about the one in Kentucky that took place too. It's like Stony Creek or something revival. Um, so I think that's really cool. Cause I, yes. I think that is again, confirmation that God is leading this. See, it's been done before. Yeah. And, and we, we think that we're progressing and, and usually what time is, is, is just a circular rotation of, of the same things that happen. There's good times because people are following God. And in those times we forget God. So we start falling away from God. And then there's hard times because of that. But usually there's there's a season of repentance and, and people coming back to God. Yeah. And so we're at that point where I feel like, and, and I know a lot of people feel this, we have the choice to repent right now before issues happen. And God is giving us a time of grace to repent. But there is a point where he has to allow judgment to reign. A good judge will do that. Yeah. And so what what do we do? Like we're saying, what do we do? Are we going to repent? Are we going to say, God, no, we're going back to your ways. Are we going to reach out? And this is coming on the church, too. It's our responsibility. Like we need to be the people that go out, that reach out, that preach the truth of the gospel, that, hmm. you know, that go and find it. And I believe that there's only a couple countries that would do that because we see where Europe is right now. America is one of the countries that has always fought back. What are we going to do? That is a spirit that we have been given. Are we going to wield it for good? Yeah. Or are we going to let it pass by? And that's not a knock on, on Europe. Like there's a lot of good that, that happens in Europe, but there's just something that has been different about America since its foundations. And that's something that Pastor Kim has talked about too. There's only two covenant with God nations in the world. That's Israel and America that were founded upon praying in a covenant with God. Um, And so like basically pastors, when they got here saying God praying in Boston, which is now the uh, airport, the guy, I can't remember the name of the guy who prayed over it, but saying like, as long as we follow after you, God we will be a city on a hill. We'll be the light of the world and you will bless us. But if we don't, God, you know, rebuke us. 
Um, and I think, uh, John, there's, there's this guy who he's a prophet. I can't remember his name. I watched a video at harvest time. Um, John Kahn, Jonathan Kahn. Okay. Um, and he talked about that and he talked about like how that, that homestead where the guy prayed that is now the airport where the planes for the nine 11 flew out of. Mm. And so he's saying that there's a lot of representation of symbolism with the Eagle, with the planes, with the towers, you know, with that date. Um, and so it's almost like that covenant is like, God, you know, um, you're allowing for things to happen where like your grace is being pulled back because of things the nation's getting into. And I think we're getting a lot farther than that. So now it's like the warning shot has been allowed. Like, are we going to repent or are we going to continue in this? And that that's where we're at right now. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'd love to see that in, in, in our country, but I want to see that in the world too. I don't want this just to be an American thing. I want this to be Canada. I want this to be Mexico. Absolutely. I want China and Russia I mean, there is a huge church in China and Russia right now, and I would love to see for them to get some freedom out of out of those countries. Um, the Middle East, man, we've talked about on this podcast, a lot of visions, a lot of dreams to, to Muslim people. Yep. Who is this figure coming to me in this white robe? You know, like somebody tell me. Um, but yeah, it, I think it's really important what you said is, is again, we are the revival. God's yeah. spirit is within us. We need to step up. We need to be the gap. You know, the, the filler of the gaps, the watchtower. Yep. Um, otherwise, we're going to let the enemy into our camp and we're going to be destroyed before we even have a That's the truth. Chance. You know, like the church isn't called to be a buffet. Buffet, it's called to be a boot camp. Hmm. And we're really good at getting the saints fat, but God wants to get the saints fit. And he wants to armor us with weapons. Why would God give us the armor of God if he didn't call, call us to be a warrior? Yeah. Every believer is a warrior. Now, not everybody steps into that. Not everybody walks in the authority and the power, but we all have access and we can tear down strongholds. We can see demonic influences broken. You know, like you could do war, especially with as an intercessor and prayer warrior, you know, like every, every person is needed. And so, dude, I'm excited to see what God's doing and what he's going to do and uh, just honored to be a part. So tell us a little bit here. We're going to be wrapping up here. Um, tell us a little bit about right now. So you talked about wanting to do revivals. You talked about, um, you know, doing the stuff in Stanley. So those are hope nights, right? Yes. And uh, I think you're doing something else called wildfire as well. We just did a wildfire weekend and just to focus on God release your fire mm-hmm. that would spread across the state. And uh, so, yeah, it was we had three services Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And God's been moving in such a powerful way. We did a Sunday night. And so if I'm a little bit out of it, it's because this past weekend is like crazy. I mean, we saw some crazy things. I was telling Andrew, like, dude, there's things that we saw this weekend I've never seen in my life. Mm. One lady just came out of a psych ward, walked through the front doors of our church, started manifesting a demon. When he, because we were like, we're praying, God, make this place an atmosphere for your presence to Mm -hmm. dwell. And we're even looking at putting a sign, just warning, hey, as cars are driving in, I want to warn you, there's a good chance you're going to get saved, set free, Mm. you know, or delivered when you drive onto this property. When she walked through the front door, she starts manifesting. They take her to the conference room, get her set free. She accepts Jesus and she got baptized. Having the psych ward (laughs) (laughs) bracelet still on. And it just goes back to like, 
it's all about, you know, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. And so, I mean, we saw there's this one one story on Saturday night. We prayed for this mom. Her son ran away and he'd been having dreams and visions of the pentagram and demonic things happening. She goes, I don't know where he ran. She just he's 18. He ran away. Well, he we said we prayed over her. We call him back home. We call him back home. So he comes back home that night, comes to church the next morning, gives his life to the Lord and gets baptized. That's awesome. Just like just like supernatural things are happening. And so Sunday morning, we didn't even get to a message like during worship. God's presence fell. And there's a mixture of people like laughing in the Holy Ghost and then crying. And I was reminded of that verse in Acts. We're not drunk as you suppose. And I imagine that's probably what people thought when the Holy Spirit fell. You know, there's like some weird things happening, you know, Mm -hmm. and God didn't call us. I heard this from my friend Yaku. He said, God didn't call us to be understanders. He called us to be believers. Yeah. That means there's things going to happen. That's a sign and a wonder. It makes you wonder. And uh, it's kind of like when Jesus spit into the mud, Mm -hmm. healed somebody's eyes. How do you understand that? You can't. You just got to believe it. And there's some things that Jesus will do that will minister the spirit at the same time it offends the mind. And some people miss out on a move of God because their mind gets in the way. Yep. And but if you realize, hey, there's something in the Holy Spirit resonates. This is the Lord, even though I don't understand it. This is the Lord. And that's what we're following. Hey, we know this is you. Now, there's always like flesh that rises up. Yeah. And there's always. And so we have to sometimes like. This one lady a couple weeks ago started speaking in a language and it wasn't tongues. And mm-hmm. we believe it was just like a spirit trying to interrupt. So we went and put our hand on her. And one of our intercessory ladies put her hand on her shoulder. She looked over and pushed her. She would get your hand off of me. Mm. And so that's probably not the Holy Spirit. Yeah. There's not a lot of love in that. <laughs> and yeah. So afterwards, our head lady on our prayer team walked over into this lady just to check on her. And she goes, I don't like the spirit that you have. That's what she said to her. Well, obviously, there's some demonic spirits at work inside of her trying to cause a distraction. So there's been a couple of times that we've seen that God has sent in like witches to try to mm-hmm. disrupt things. And um, but the cool thing is that when Jesus is there's a reason why they're coming. Yep. You know, like I was praying for a lady the other day in a foyer and she goes, I just feel like there's something in me. And I said, well, if there's anything in you, we'll pray and it will leave. And so we anointed her and I said, God, put your angels around her. And then we all also said, and put the armor of God on. And when I said that, she started to manifest this demon. And immediately I knew I was supposed to rebuke the spirit of witchcraft. So I found out that her mom, you know, is uh, deep into witchcraft and opened some Mm -hmm. doors in her. And so when I did that, she starts to manifest. And um, so much so the lady that was praying with me had to hold her back. You know, she's like trying to come after me. Mm -hmm. And I felt it's crazy. Like every time that happens, I felt the Holy spirit come on me like a wave. And it's just like the stronger the presence gets, the angrier the demon gets. And all I, I I just, all I felt like I was supposed to say, I didn't say it loud. I just said, Hey, I said, go to the feet of Jesus. Come out of her right now. And I immediately heard back. Um, I know who you are. And it was like the demons. I know who you are. And it was like, praise the Lord. The devil knows mm-hmm. who I am. You know what I mean? Like there's a verse in the Bible that says, Paul, I know who you are. You yeah. know, so-and-so, but you know, I know who Paul is. I know. And I'm like, well, that's good. 
the praise of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, she got set free of two or three demons. Like you can tell on her face, it's like her eyes, you just, there's a clarity of thought and a mind. And, um, it, it was powerful. And we're seeing that happen. I'm not chasing like a deliverance ministry. I know mm-hmm. you guys have talked about this on the past. Like I'm not like a demon hunter. We're just wanting people to be set free. Yep. And I think what I'm realizing, and there's just a lot more people with strongholds than we realize. Yep. Especially as you're going into Halloween and we think it's cute. Let's put scarecrows, you know, let's put ghosts. You know, what we're actually doing, the parents don't realize they're opening doors for demonic influence in their yep. kids. Yep. And so this week, this year, like we're doing a night of worship instead of like, we usually do like a fall fest. Nothing against that. God uses that, but he just yeah. told us to just do a night of worship. Yeah. And so... Devil never sleeps, neither does God. Mm-hmm. So let's praise God. What's the guy's name who is, I think he's passed away since then, but Anthony something, he he wrote the Satanic Bible um, oh. in Colorado. Anthony LeVay. Yeah. Antoine LeVay. Antoine, yeah. He Anton had a quote that said uh, something along the lines is, I appreciate that Christian parents let their kids worship the devil at least one day a year. Hmm. Talking about Halloween. Yeah. And so we want to like, oh, it's really cute. You know, no, it's not cute. They mm-hmm. don't realize like they and we're having more and more parents come to us saying there's something wrong with my kids. Will you pray over yeah. them? They have these, you know, just we and part of it, obviously, kids are kids and they're going to grow through seasons. You know what I mean? I'm not saying everything's demonic, but I am saying yeah. like they're having dreams or having nightmares just on a regular basis. Like things are being thrown down the hallway in our home. We've had that. And we win our house. Mm. And uh, and so I think just when you step into a deeper level of like presence, then the devil begins to yeah. get agitated. And so yeah, we uh, we finally got convicted enough this past year about Harry Potter where we got a box of Harry Potter stuff and we we're going to like burn it at one point. So like we were going to sell it, but then like Dennis was like, well, why are you going to let someone else have demons? Mm. It's like, oh man, that was, was kind of convicting. Cause I was like, that's true. I don't want to make money and let someone else have it. So, um, yeah, we got a box in our garage of Harry Potter stuff and I, and I'm not against using and in, in literary false things to, to like prove a point. Yeah. But the thing about Harry Potter is like it uses actual spells. Oh, yeah. And witchcraft in it. And she researched like an actual coven and stuff when she did this. Um, so it's like it's hard for me to even rationalize that because like with, with the Wizard of Oz, you can kind of like play it off as she was evil. Obviously, they were they yeah. killed her with a house. That's how bad witches were is like you had to throw a house on her. <laughs> you know? Yeah, really. So or throw water on it. Which is kind of cool because it's like throwing water on a witch is like throwing the purity of Jesus, you know, melting it. Um, but like, yeah, with Harry Potter, it was like, nah, we feel uncomfortable with this. We got to get rid of this. And, and we've kind of done that. We're, we're kind of purging through some of our, our media and stuff. Sure. We got rid of Disney Plus because uh, it's just like everything that they're throwing on there now is, is something against Christianity. Didn't they just come out with a cartoon of like, what is it? It, it actually got it, it canceled. So there was so much backlash from Little Demon, um, literally. I, and this is what I'm telling people at work. You know, people want to think I'm cuckoo for talking about the spiritual realm and stuff, but it's like that stuff is out there. Like, and the world knows it. And, and Kiefer knows it because he worked in the, the media ministry. He was talking to you about that earlier. Um, he literally had a vision of, like, like his uh, stages that he built, like, and being broken and stuff. Um, but... 
you have a show called Little Demon where the girl and this is how they pin it off to play it off to make it like, oh, you're just being religious and stuff about it. And that's how the, the world gets you to look like an, a bad person. You know, you're just being religious and stuff. But she was the daughter of Satan who who basically had a kid with this woman and she's called the Antichrist and she uses her demonic powers to basically fight off bullies and stuff at school. And she convenes with these hellish ghouls and, and demonic entities. And like, so there was a scene where I think she was being bullied in the bathroom by some guys and she's in the stall and she just gets possessed by whatever demon. Her eyes go black and then like this beam of power shoots from her. Yeah. And they think it's cute. And Aubrey Plaza, who is a part of this, you know, Parks and Rec star, like, I don't know if she knows what she's into or she just thinks it's funny or she actually knows and she's like trying to play this off. Um, Because I know we talked about that. Like, you know, we got a witch's ball happening next week uh, to bring up demons um, to dance with them and and to convene with them in Eau Claire. And the way that our city's going right now. I wouldn't put it past some demon coming up and, and starting to do stuff like because we know this is a, a spiritual battleground right now. Oh, yeah. Um, and so like, yeah, that that thing got canceled. I saw that last Good. week and, and amen. Praise God. And there was another like one that came out about a monster that would come out of this girl. What's it called? I forget the name. Probably why people are watching know what I'm talking about. But what really it's like. It's, it's exactly that. And, you know, Disney's even started doing these things where they'll inject, you know, like two moms, two dads, mm-hmm. gender fusion. Mm-hmm. They don't do it the first two or three episodes. They wait until the fourth and fifth mm-hmm. because parents will check out the first. Yeah, OK, this is good. This is safe for my kids. And then they push it there and they're not even hiding it. Like top yep. people of Disney are saying, hey, this is our plan. This is mm-hmm. what we're going after. Any way that we can put it in the background or whatever, we want to yep. do that. Yep. And so I think parents, as a parent myself, it's caused me to really open my eyes of like, hey, even like there's a game with kids called Roadblocks um, that like, I tell you what, like there's inappropriate things. There are predators in that trying to talk to kids. And so I. Anyway, the devil, he comes in like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. And sometimes he comes in a sneaky way, you know, like sometimes he doesn't look like a lion and it looks like very covert. Um, But Disney isn't the same Disney it has been in the past. No. Yeah, Yeah, it's uh, we're definitely being more choosy with our movies. Um, And so, like, if there's anything that kind of seems like. I know people go to the other extreme of things and it's like, oh, no. And it's like, well, it's a literary device. It's not an actual thing. So because as as a person who is in the creative realm, like I said, Lord of the Rings, I feel is okay. Mm -hmm. I, I felt way more convicted about Harry Potter because, you know, that was imagery of like the orcs were the Nazis. Like J.R.R. Tolkien has talked about this, you know, and talked about how like they were corrupted people yeah because of evil and stuff so and and that whole story is about overcoming the evil with good the hobbits you know they're just this joyous always no matter what situation well you know something about the hobbit too the shire they based it out of areas in wisconsin really yeah he was driving through between like eau claire and um one of the cities uh never heard this yeah (laughs) and he saw the rolling hills and that's what gave him the idea for the shire that's and awesome. so is that J.R. Tolkien and who's the 
my mind goes blank, but the guy who wrote Chronicles of Narnia. C.S. Lewis. So I heard that they were friends and they were both yep. believers and one of them led the other to the Lord. And yep. so there is a picture of light and dark in Lord of the Rings, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and Chronicles of Narnia. And so they used yeah. to have beers together in the same pub. So oh, really? They actually talked. And that that's one of the things about a lot of people who are in writing and stuff that especially Christians, they, they who are theologians, they said, man, to be a part of the conversation between J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis is probably the person that got converted because he was this big philosopher, smart guy that he, I think he even said that God pulled him in kicking and screaming to the kingdom mm. because his mind didn't want to go. But when he actually thought about it, um, a lot of like apologists and stuff that you hear, a lot of their arguments come from C.S. Lewis and his work, um, which is based on previous philosophers and stuff. But you've got like um, the argument of we'd be moist robots without God. We'd just be subject to whatever the whims of nature are. So this discussion that we're having, these thoughts that we have, it's all from nature. We couldn't trust our own persons because it's all basically made already it's wow. predestined yeah because there has to be something outside of nature called reason yeah and morality that goes against nature if there's bad yep. so like this would yeah nature has trees that grow but nature doesn't produce anything outside of itself yeah so how do you get tables how do you get the this picture how do you get this light how do you get this microphone through nature alone. There has to be something outside of nature because there has to be thoughts and ideas that come outside of what nature produces to be able to create those things. Yeah. And so that was something that I heard and I didn't understand until I read Miracles by C.S. Lewis. Mm. And so it kind of put like almost like nature is in a box, but there's something outside of it because that box represents what everything is. Now, everything being in God makes sense because there's free will and there's like movement and there there's choice. There's uh, a difference between good and evil, but nature doesn't create good and evil. Nature creates trees. Nature grows. But that's because it was told to do so by God. Yep. So, yeah, C.S. Lewis has like all those great things. I, I, I love reading this stuff, but it's like meat. And then also the time he wrote that stuff, it's a little hard to understand like the way he wrote, you know, it's almost, it's not old English, but it's like middle old English. <laughs> it's like middle earth English. It's like believers. you still talking King James. Yeah, 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 exactly. But he's such a great mind. And, um, like one of his quotes we have on our website that basically following God has to start every day. I have to basically follow God every day. Yeah. I have to renew that sense every day. It's picking up our cross, but he has some great stuff like, the great divorce is a book about like this bus that people get on and it it goes to hell. And it's this guy basically reporting on the people who are with him going to hell. And Mm. like the, like the difference, uh, just like kind of the imagery that, you know, he, he liked to, to just like imagine and think about like what would go on in different stuff. And sometimes people would be like, well, that's not in the Bible. So I was like, well, that's the point he's, he's thinking about different things. Yeah. You know, like how translucent buildings would be in hell. Like, like there are things, but you couldn't like physically touch them or anything because it wasn't real. Nothing was real. Mm. You know, all all this kind of stuff. Anyways. Yeah. So C.S. Lewis and him, um, they, they used to meet at a pub and, um, the conversations, I think there's actually a plaque there where they sat in the same table. Um, but just those two 
literary minds, things that God put in their mind. And, um, you know, so thankful to have someone. Um, I think there's actually a movie out now called The Reluctant Christian or something like that. The Reluctant Convert, I think, is what it is. And it's about the story of C.S. Lewis. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, really hoping like there's a media ministry that will one day like be able to redo the Chronicles of Narnia and maybe mm-hmm. do it like a series or do it well. That'd be cool. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, that would be a wonderful like a uh, 12 stones for yeah. ministry or something like that i think i've said that on on before I, I i think that would be really cool i'd love to heck there's so many stories in the bible that could be sweet movies even like david and his mighty men yep you did a series on that like those guys are like bad to the bone guys and i it would be sweet. I so. think that's one of the ideas we came up with. Um, also, the 40 years in the wilderness, like doing like a series on that and yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, there's there's so many things. Samson, I'd like to see a good. There Samson you go. I, I might would hold off on like a series on the Song of Solomon. You know, I don't think I don't think we're there yet. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you no. know, <laughs> you'd have to do it very artfully and, and craftily. That otherwise, you're getting into some Game of Thrones HBO stuff. You ain't like, lying. Like, yeah. This is the Bible. So, yeah. Lord. <laughs> um, this is all going to be metaphors. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, just skip over that one. Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I, I had an idea. I think it'd be pretty cool to do like a story about the divine council before the creation of like man on earth and stuff and how mm. like how like the heavens and stuff ended up and right to that point. And that's where it ends is like, you know, God cursing the devil and, and the ground and then saying like, I'm going to put enmity between you and then like end with like God saying that basically Jesus is going to come and, and kill you the yeah. seed and stuff. And that I thought that that would be a great Come on. You know, great story is like, yeah, I mean, most of it would lead up to the fall of man, but the end line would basically be about the redemption of that. At the yeah. End. You know, hey, a story on Enoch. Yeah. The go between. Yeah. You know, between the Nephilim and, and the Lord That would be cool. And so that would be awesome right there. Yeah. All about the giants and stuff. Yeah. There's so many cool th- things that you could do. Um but yeah, that that's that's our vision and stuff. But uh, is, I always like to give guests like the last like thought or, or something. Is there something that like God has placed on your heart or mind in this season that you really feel that you kind of want to share with anybody listening? That's a good question. There's a lot of things like stirring in me. Um, I, I would just like to leave people with this is that God wants to use you to do big things. And, you know, all the thoughts that come to your mind of like, well, I can't, he can't use me because of this or that. That's not the Lord. That's the devil. And God's got big plans for your life. He's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for available people. And if we're just available, he'll work with our imperfections. And even like you talked about Jonah, like Jonah was running away from God, but God still used him to bring revival to an entire city. Like, you know, within a period of like his mistake and then three days later, bam, revival breaks out. Yeah. And so it's like God's grace, you know, is a lot thicker than what we realize. And another word for grace is like you've seen people like, yeah, God's graced him to do that. There's certain thing, things that you're graced to do that other people aren't. Hmm. And I feel an urgency in my spirit. Like now is the time to step into that. Don't wait another week, another month, another year. Ask God, what are some steps I can start pursuing the plan that God has for my life and begin to take them this week? If it's like writing a book, start with a blog. You know, mm-hmm. if it's writing music, 
start with, you know, a line, you know, just start somewhere. Banning mm-hmm. uh, from Jesus culture said this, people who do something great for God start by doing something. And so you just get started. God will lead you. He'll provide. Amen. And is it okay if I just pray over people? Amen. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, God, I just thank you even right now for the people that are listening to this podcast. And I pray even right now as I'm talking, the Holy Spirit would begin to move around their heart and in the room that they're sitting in. And that will be the witness that God's called them to do something big. I pray you'll release, God, this next season, dreams and visions, Lord. Speak to people tonight through dreams, give them visions, and place people around other prophetic people that will confirm what they're supposed to do. I thank you, Lord, that in this next season, God, we are to dream bigger because we serve a big God. So right now, we just release dreams, we release visions, and we just got break off every lie that's holding people back, saying that God wouldn't want to use me because of my past mistakes or things that I've done or, you know, whatever. Maybe there's some things that you're walking through right now. Uh, I want you to know that God still loves you. He still has a plan for you and he still wants to use you. So Holy Spirit, begin to work even right now with people that are listening. And uh, if there's even people here listening that you're not living, serving the Lord right now. I want to encourage you, take today, give your life back to the Lord. Like he's the father waiting on the prodigal prodigal to come back home. And uh, I just pray that you make that decision even right now where you invite Jesus back into your life. It's really simple. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you everything that I am, my family, my finances, my future. I lay it all at your feet. And I make you Lord and Savior of my life right now. If there's people that are listening that has pain in their body, we just pray right now, God, that you will supernaturally heal people's bodies, speak to back pain, um, even worries of cancer, uh, things with asthma. God, whatever it is, Lord, I thank you, Jesus, that you are our healer. As people are listening to this, God, that they will have supernatural healing hit their body. Right now, migraines will leave. Um, eye conditions will leave. Lord, I even pray that there's people just creative miracles begin to happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you for um, the invite. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good thing. Um, dream big, and and God wants to use you. Yeah. Amen. Well, hey, even though you're a Cubs fan, you know I still came on, and so yeah. there's already unity happening. Yeah, there. yeah. You're talking about that Lambo vision. I was like, man, I, I don't know if God would use Lambo field, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess He has to like He redeems. Things. Listen, He does. I, I'm a Vikings. Uh, well, I'm more of a Cowboys fan. Are you a Vikings fan? No, I'm actually a Bears fan. Okay. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, I I'm a Chicago this. first, like Indianapolis second fan. But Bears and Colts. Okay. You know, if I, if there's any teams that need redeeming, I mean, I. Our Cubs waited 104 years for uh, a series, and the Bears look like they might have to wait 104 years before they get their <laughs> next Super Bowl. There you uh, go. I, I, I am, yeah, kind of trying to lay off of sports for a little bit. Didn't uh, not have a good weekend with the uh, Notre Dame and, and the Bears. Sure, so, sure. Um, I got to get some of that out of me, <laughs> so I get a, get a little bit mm-hmm. too uh, competitive and um, not. I show the fruits of the spirit. Oh, yes. So I know that that's a refinement. I'm better than I was, but not where I need to be. Come on. That's all of us. We're all work in progress. Yep. But yeah, no, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. We'll, we'll definitely have you back on when, when we get a chance and, um, 
uh, Oasis Church, Pastor Landon, mm-hmm. um, times for your services on Sunday? Oh, Sunday's at 10. Sunday's at 10. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the area and you're, you're looking for a church, you know, you can check them out. Um, you know, there's also harvest time as well. Just get Like you said, we're, we're for the local church. So get in a local church. Um, what know, are harvest times times? Uh, nine, f- nine o'clock and 1045. Awesome. Say. And harvest time has two other campuses too. Yeah. They have, they have one uh, in Oliva yep, and then Oliva. one in Chippewa, Chippewa and yep. they have a Hispanic campus too. Yeah. We, uh, the Hispanic campus meets at the Eau Claire church. Awesome. So it's, um, so they, they let them use the Eau Claire campus as well. Um, cause again, the, the nations is a big call, right? Make, oh, like yeah. you were saying earlier, it's not just about converts. It's about discipleship. Yeah. So getting people plugged in, that's, that's really important. Jesus wants deep dives, not, uh, shallow flops, you mm, know? So come on now. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, check them out. Um, definitely go to a hope night. Uh, I've been to one of those, some crazy stuff happening, some big men coming up with hardened hearts, uh, been sexually abused all of a sudden just crying. Wow. Like within one second, I think that's when your brother like put a hand on him. Um, and so that I got, I got to go to one at least. It seems like they always happen. Your nights always happen on weekends. I'm working. Hey. So. <laughs> we need to check with your work schedule. Yeah. So that was my bad. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, give them a check. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we appreciate them being on. We just pray that God blesses uh, you and your, your family, uh, Thank the you. ministry that you're doing. Um, can't wait to get to work with you on some things in the future and uh, just getting to know you more. Absolutely. So, uh, again, check us out, uh, 12stones.media. Um, and yeah, have a great day. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. If you've enjoyed it, please click the like and share buttons on whichever platform you're on. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We hope that you had a good time and hope the conversation brought some joy into your life. Have a blessed day and join us next time on the Heart of the Matter podcast.